It's time for the One of Ed podcast going into week 18, the final week of the regular season of the NFL in 2023. As always, I'm here with Miles V, my buddy and my partner. Miles, how are you, my friend? Can you can you believe that we are in the last regular week of football games for the 2023 season? We blinked twice and, and it all went past us. Hi, I'm Miles. Maybe you've heard of me. David, like the Philadelphia Eagles, I am limping into this week 18. I got something. I caught something. I I don't know if it was while I was in Vegas. I don't know if it was when I got home, but I have been under the weather for the last several days. We're lucky to even have me recording at this point because I've been uh, awake for just so few hours of the day. I've been uh, lucid even less. I mean, it's 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 crazy. I know I probably don't even sound normal. Well, I am rarely lucid, and I'm sorry you're not feeling well. And speaking of limping into the end of the season, I have hit a wall and crashed, and not only am I limping, but I think both of my legs have been amputated because I am coming off of another silver sombrero. It has just been an awful, awful three weeks for me. I'm one in eight in the last three weeks. Uh, You returned to glory with a cash, but boy, it has just been bad news for me all around. I don't know what to say. It's just been terrible. Lieutenant Dan, Lieutenant Dan. Something about amputated legs. There's got to be a Forrest Gump, something. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Yeah, it's, I don't know, you know, it's just one of those things where I've been zigging and the the teams have been zagging. And now, of course, we're getting a little bit into football silly season where some teams just have nothing to play with. They're not, you know, they're not playing starters or on the other side, they're already locked in, their seeds are locked in, so they're going to manage how they play. So wading through this week's bets, I found even harder than normal because you're looking for stakes and trying to figure out who's really going to be coming onto the field and putting it all out there. Yeah, week 18 is, or I should say the last week of the season because this is the first time there is a week 18, uh, is always tough to handicap because Starters are going to be held out. Some might play, but might only play for part of the game. Uh, You know, you've got, like you said, some of the seeds are already locked in and teams have nothing to play for. And then there are some teams that absolutely must win. And sure as every year, you know, one of those teams that has to win doesn't. And you, you, you scratch your head going, why couldn't you win that game when the other team had nothing to play for? They were just playing spoiler. Well, sometimes teams get really tight and in games that are supposed to win and need to win and should win, they lock up, whereas the other team is playing free and easy. This is a good segue, though, into this week's pop quiz. Oh, good. I know you love a good pop quiz. Even when I'm sick, I love a good pop quiz. Well, I think you're going to do pretty well in this. I don't think it's that hard. So there are 14 teams that are going to make the playoffs, as always. Well, not as always, but in the way the format is right now. Nine of those spots have been claimed. Can you name the nine teams that are locked into the playoffs right now? And I will give you a slight hint. There are five NFC and four AFC teams. That are locked into their spots or locked into the playoffs? No, locked into the playoffs. All right. Well, you've got the 49ers are locked in at the number one seed. Correct. You've got you got the Lions. They're locked in. Uh-huh. You've got the Rams. They're locked in. Yep. I believe the other two are probably Philadelphia and Dallas. 
You're right on. You have uh, nailed the NFC. Those five teams are in. Okay. Beautiful. For the AFC, the number one seed is Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Locked in right now is Kansas City in the number three spot. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe that Miami is locked in, but not locked in at the correct seed yet. That's going to all depend on the Buffalo-Miami game, which means the other team that's locked in is... Uh, it's, it's, it's the AFC North. It's, um, Cleveland. Yeah. Boy, you went through that like a hot knife through butter. You got all nine. Somebody stop me. Right on. You gave the perfect explanation. Yeah. Interesting sort of fact that no AFC South team is guaranteed right now. They're all playing. They're all jockeying for position. A couple big games there, but yeah, you, you got all nine of them. Congratulations. It's no wonder that you have a $3,000 lead and I am pretty much conceding our year-long competition because with my silver sombrero, you cashing, I really can't catch you. And look, I put up a good fight for a long time. I think you're better at this. You showed it last year. Uh, so I'm just going to congratulate you right now because I'm not, I'm not, there's really nothing I can do to win. You will be uh, earning the prize of an NFL playoff game. I give you our champion. I will say this though, David. Most of the, for a good portion of the year, uh, especially in the beginning and middle, you were you were winning this competition. You were basically daring me to make money line bets and make some crazy, crazy things. So uh, it's not like this was lopsided. I just think towards the end of the season, uh, I started seeing things a little differently than you, and some of my bets came in when yours didn't. So uh, don't sell yourself short. You're a tremendous slouch. <laughs> well, we do look for trends in what we do. And for the last three weeks, I have been trending downward at record pace. So I'm hoping to turn that around uh, as we go into the last week of the season. So let's recap, uh, if if you will. And I, I'm, I'm going to recap because I uh, lost and I'm going to do the quickest recap in the history of one bet. Because after all, who really wants me to hear three bets that I lost in the last week of the season? Um, but you know, we do it and we we do hold ourselves accountable. So I'm going to jump in here. My three bets last week. Uh, number one is I had Tampa Bay, New Orleans on the over 42 and a half. Uh, the final in the game was New Orleans 23, Tampa Bay 13. This game was in Tampa Bay. I don't know what happened to the Tampa Bay offense. They just did not show up. In addition to the over, I was also looking at Tampa Bay minus two and a half. So at least that didn't that didn't come in while I took the over. I missed them both. So there you go. Uh, don't know what happened to my Buccaneers. Don't know what happened to Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans. They didn't show up. They lost. And that uh, leads into the second game. I had Dallas minus five and a half over Detroit. I had bet 330 to win 300. The final was Dallas 20, Detroit 19. Now I will say with one minute and 41 seconds left in this game, Dallas kicks a field goal. They go up 20 to 13. At that moment in time, that was the only time I was up in any of my three bets. And I was winning that bet for 78 seconds because Dallas giving Detroit the entire field. Detroit had no timeouts. Detroit goes down the field in 78 seconds. They score a touchdown to make it 2019. So Dallas put on a prevent defense. It did not ultimately prevent them from winning, but it did prevent me from covering my bet. 
It's 2019, then all sorts of chaos ensues with the two-point conversions. I'm not going to go into all three of those at the moment, but it didn't really matter because I did not uh, win that bet. They, of course, didn't cover the five and a half. Well, let me say one thing there because you you should have never been in that position. Mike McCarthy ruined that game. You should have won 20 to 13. They did kick a field goal, but what they needed to do was take more time off the clock. Why they didn't run the ball and keep the, the clock moving rather than throw, I think, on second and third down incomplete passes is beyond me. It was some of the worst coaching I've ever seen as a player, and you should have walked away a winner. McCarthy was lucky to get the game, period. I mean, yes, there was a bunch of two-point conversion debacles and, and controversy, uh, but his his stupid coaching was rewarded, and that bothers me. Yeah, and Mike McCarthy has a history of bad clock management. You're right. Although if they score a touchdown instead of kick the field goal, then it's a moot point, and I would have won the game either way. But you're right. I, again, they they kick the field goal, they leave a lot of time on, and then they play a completely different defense than they've played the entire game. I mean, it really wasn't a sweat for Goff and the Lions to go down the field and score. They were giving up 20 and 30 yard chunk plays like it was nothing. Uh, you know, as usual, the last two minutes of a football game sometimes look like a completely different game. And that was the case in this game. Anyway, my last game was uh, Miami. I had him on the money line over Baltimore. Um, let's see here. Checking notes. I appear to have missed this game by, oh, 37 points. Because uh, Baltimore won 56 to 19. I know you had the over in this game, so you had a completely different uh, result, and you were watching the game with completely different happy eyeballs other than mine. But that was my weekend. How was yours? Yeah, well, we can start with that game. I mean, uh, I did have the over, and the over did come in pretty early on, I think in the third quarter. And it's always a great feeling when, when one team, namely here, Baltimore scores enough to actually exceed the, the over total, uh, which they did that 56 points is something that you just don't see all that frequently. Uh, we know Miami in the past has put up 70 against Denver. I did think it'd be a high scoring game. It was, and I was happy to cash that bet. Isn't it interesting that a few weeks ago we were talking about the AFC versus the NFC and the AFC was sort of floundering with nobody really taking control and the NFC had San Francisco just playing out of their mind with Philadelphia and Dallas right behind them. And now da- uh, now Baltimore looks like the best team in the NFL. They're really firing all cylinders and all of the NFC teams have sort of stumbled a little bit. Dallas stumbling Uh, Down the stretch, San Francisco had a bad loss to Baltimore, Philadelphia, God knows what's going on them, losing to Arizona. Just interesting how the dynamic has really shifted in the last few weeks. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, it's weird, weird trending. You know, it all seems to happen in cycles. Um, So who knows? These these teams are now at the point where they need to right their ship. And this week is going to be really weird because. Do you rest your starters and, you know, for those teams that are getting a buy, like now you're resting them for a long period of time? How much do you play them? What if someone gets injured and they didn't have to? I mean, there's a lot of questions. So these last few games are going to be interesting to say the least. Uh, You know, wrapping up last week, my next bet, I had the Bears uh, over the Atlanta Falcons. And, you know, that wasn't a – well, it was actually a popular bet amongst the Army, but I didn't think it would be such a popular bet generally because the Bears don't have a lot that they're playing for this year, and Atlanta was trying to get into that uh, NFC South position. Um, 
I was right in this case. The Bears did manage to play well at home, and they they really stomped the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons just have really bad coaching, as do the Bears. But uh, I I think that the Bears, if you look at the last eight games, are really showing themselves as a different team than they were in the beginning of the year. And you wonder that if Fields didn't get hurt early on and they didn't have other, you know, bad coach decisions and, and management issues, you know, could the Bears be a playoff contender? I think they're playing like one. So uh, happy to win there uh, with that Bears minus three bet. And then my last bet, which did not come in, which should have come in, if you ask me, was the Rams over the Giants. I think I was laying maybe four and a half or five and a half. They were up uh, a touchdown towards the end of the game. They then punted the ball and gave up a punt return for a touchdown. uh, And they only won the game by one. So I, I did feel they would win. I felt they would win by more than one. I was a little upset that that didn't come in, but you can't win them all. Two and one for me of the, for the week. I did cash, like you said. I am up uh, on the year uh, at about eighteen thousand two hundred dollars or so, which means twelve hundred dollars thus far, which I think locks me into a winning year for the second year in a row in terms of uh, of, of amount bet. So I'm happy. I'm happy about the way in which we're uh, approaching these games and that I feel like I'm continuing to be the voice of reason. He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh. Yeah, you definitely deserve all the accolades. You're going to have another winning bet. Um, and you're returning to glory um, with with a nice week. The uh, the Giants game, I think I had said, you know, Tyrod Taylor as the sort of savvy vet- veteran quarterback you know, that makes me nervous when the Rams are going all the way across country to play him and, and he was able to keep it close enough. Um, but the Chicago game, you were just right on. You were, you know, adamant that they were going to take it to the Falcons and you saw something in there. And again, I, I attribute it to you living in, in, in Chicago and just getting inundated with the Chicago Bears information. But you were right on with that bet. So kudos to you for cashing. Kudos to you for taking the title. Uh, and uh, I think you're going to do more than just a, a couple hundred dollars because I can't imagine you taking the sombrero uh, in the last week. Um, but we'll get into our picks in just a minute. How, how about our army? Ah, yes. The army was interesting last week. We've got Donnie Wheels. He went two and one. He had the foresight to take the Giants uh, like you talked about. He took Baltimore as well. So good for him. Uh, Dave Barron's rode with the Patriots. That was the only one that came in for him. Dave Siegel, he backed two of my bets. He backed the Baltimore, Miami over and the Bears. So those two were winners for him. And apparently he was he was in Vegas and collected there. So good for him. Nice. Uh, RJ, he had two wins. He took the Raiders. He took the Steelers. Bill Kaklanis had the Saints. So that was a win for him. Uh We've got three and O for John's Vagdus. Of course we do. He's back to his winning ways. He had the Bears. He had the Chiefs. He had the Niners. So good for him. Mm-hmm. And then this one, I needed to blink twice and rub my eyes. It's my cousin Nick. 
my cousin Nick went four and zero. He threw in an extra <laughs> pick, and he he won that one too. Again, I I will ask the question: Did he go four and zero in twenty twenty three games, or was this some past glory? No, he had the Bears. <laughs> he had the Steelers. He had Jacksonville. He had Arizona over. Uh, you know, with the points against Philadelphia, that was a bold pick. So, yeah. cousin Nick, way to go, my man! Coming on strong in the end. Absolutely. That Arizona pick is is definitely savvy. Yeah. So the Army, you know, mixed bag, uh, a couple of undefeateds, a couple uh, two and ones. There was a one and two, a couple of one and two snuck in there. So, you know, it's certainly not easy stuff we're doing, but uh, we do love seeing your picks and uh, we'd love you to join the Army by going to Twitter uh, or X, whatever you like to call it. And you go to at one bet podcast and Put in your picks and see how you do. See how you measure up against the Army. See how you measure up against me and Dave. Yeah, we love the interactive component of this podcast. So that is how we did last week. And as usual, what we're going to do right after the break is we are going to put the last $1,000 that we have into our wallets. And we're going to make some new picks. And I am going to get down on my knees and pray that some of these picks come in. But we are going to do that right after the break on the Wanna Bed podcast. So stay with us. Okay, we are back on the Wanna Bed podcast going into week 18, the final week of the NFL season. Miles, I think you are going to jump in there and I shall say that once again for the last few weeks like we've been doing this, Miles and I have not shared our bets ahead of time. So I have no idea what Miles is betting. He has no idea what I'm betting. I'm going to hear it you know, for the first time with the rest of you right here on the podcast. So Miles, you got $1,000. How are you spending it? I have $1,000 this week, and it's the last week, and I couldn't settle on just my three picks. I'm going to do a fourth pick. There is a bonus pick this week. I am giving you four games. Ah, a bonus pick. Interesting. Okay. My first pick is a team that I've gotten wrong all year. I can never seem to get right, but I think I'm going to try to ride them. I don't know if I'm breaking a rule by by betting them. I'm, I'm breaking rule three. I'm taking Texans minus one, and that's 330 to win 300. Um, I haven't got the Texans right. I haven't gotten the Titans right, but I've been watching a lot of the Texans, and so on the sideline I've been silently rooting for them. Stroud is back in action. This is a win or go home game against the Indianapolis Colts. It's at Indianapolis, which does scare me a little bit, but I do think that Houston is going to overcome and make this their win. Um, I do like Gardner Minshew. I think Pittman is back, although I don't know what kind of condition he's in, but you know, Houston has been hot. Stroud has been hot. I'm looking for a big passing game out of him. I think Nico Collins is playing, which is good. Uh, you know, I, I'm going with the Texans. It's not necessarily characteristic of me, but I just feel in this must-win game, they're going to win. Interesting. So I guess, of course, the first question is, do you want to know if I'm on this game in this bet? Well, let me just say that was 330 to win 300. And, and yes, I do want to know if you're on this game. All right. So I will tell you that. Not only am I on this game, I am on the Houston Texans 330 to win 300. Oh, wow. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, I see a lot of the same things. You know, these two teams played in week two and the Colts won 31 to 20. But that was a lifetime ago. And in that game, Stroud threw for 384 yards and they actually outgained Indianapolis. 
I agree with you. This guy has been dynamic. Uh, he's going to be the AFC Offensive Rookie of the Year. He was out for a couple of games with a concussion. He came back last week, and they beat Tennessee easily, 26-3. to three. Uh, They did lose Tank Dell, which is a blow. But, you know, Nico Collins is a 1,000-yard receiver. They've got Schultz. They've got Singletary. And one of the kind of the hidden things about the Texans is their defense is surprisingly good. You know, they have D'Amico Ryans as their coach. He's a defensive guy. They've got 21 sacks in the last four weeks. That's the best in the league. And they are coming into Indianapolis where Indianapolis has three of their starting offensive linemen who are questionable. So I think that is a really, really bad matchup for the Colts that the Texans defensive line, they're going to get to Minshew. So I'm taking the road favorite also. I'm taking the one point. I'm taking the Colts 330 to win 300 just like you are. So great minds think alike. We'll either go up together or go down together. And may the Schwartz be with you. Well, my second pick is along similar lines, uh, and that is taking another road favorite, uh, which was you know, a horrible thing to do last year. Uh, but this year, I, I think the road favorites aren't having the same kind of problem with the home dogs. I am taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus four and a half against Carolina. Okay. Now, and that's going to be also 330 to win 300. Here's the thing. Tampa Bay gets a do-over. They had last week to get themselves in the playoffs, and they dropped the ball, and they fell asleep at the wheel and lost to New Orleans, and it wasn't even close. They get a chance now to play what is the worst record in the league uh, against a team with nothing to play for and a team that just is you know barely showing up. They got shut out last week against Jacksonville. Uh, I do believe that Baker Mayfield needs some redemption here. And if Tampa Bay wants to get in the playoffs, they've got to beat the lowly Carolina Panthers. I think they do it this time. So I think it's rare that in the NFL you got a do-over and a chance to redeem yourself, but this is a redemption story. So I'm going with the Bucks. Minus 330 to win 300. Interesting. I will say that I looked hard at this bet, but the fact that Tampa Bay completely screwed me over last week when I had the over in the Saints game. Just led me to a place where I couldn't bet on them again. Um, they are playing on the road. They had been playing really well with four wins in a row before the, the loss at New Orleans. Uh, I think your logic is exactly right. And more specifically, the fact that they're playing Carolina, who is just playing out the string of things. Uh, they're you know going in to play a team with nothing to play for is probably right, whereas Tampa Bay does. But they were so bad for me last week and just you know such a head scratcher uh, when they were playing at home that I could not get back on that bandwagon again. But I see why you did. We'll see what happens. Like I said, oftentimes there's a team that's playing for something and a team that's not, and you think it's a you know given that the team playing for something is going to come out and and win. That does not always happen in the NFL. You're absolutely right. So those are Miles's first two bets. Uh, so I'm going to go in here and I'm going to talk about my big bet of the week. So Miles, so let me take one step back. First of all, strategy-wise, I am losing this competition. Uh, the last couple of weeks, I have thrown out some money line bets, trying to catch up and get plus money, and you know make up some ground. And those results have been mixed. I could have done that. Again, this week, I could have bet the commanders on the money line against Dallas. I could have bet the Giants on the money line against Philadelphia. 
But I came to the conclusion that what I really want to do this week is restore some respect. So I did not really factor in the competition at all. I looked for the best bets, the numbers, the opportunities, those instances where teams were really playing for something. So that was my strategy going in. Now, all of that being said, my first bet is two teams who are not playing for anything. And Miles, what have I been really, really bad at this year? Overs. You've been bad at overs. Want to guess what I'm taking? I'm guessing you're taking an over. I am taking an over. Stupid is, stupid does, sir. And I am taking the over in the New England Jets game. The over is 30.5. Not 35, 30 and a half. I am betting 440 to win 400. I, I just, I can't get past this number. 30 and a half is four touchdowns and a field goal. That is so ridiculously low, and I I genuinely don't get the handicapping. Uh, Here's what I'm seeing. I know both of these teams are not going to the playoffs. They've had both, you know, they've had bad years, but all players, all teams do have pride. And let's take a look at the last four games for both of these teams. So the Patriots, in the last four games, they're two and two, and that was against the Steelers, Chiefs, Broncos, and Bills. They averaged 21 and a half points per game in those four four games. I'm not going to sugarcoat it about Bailey Zappi. He was not great in those games. Seven touchdowns, six interceptions. Three of those interceptions were against Buffalo. But at least he moves the ball. At least he has a little bit of a flash of offense. At least he can make a pass and get the team down the field and moving and scoring, unlike Mac Jones, you know, who wasn't able to. So they have had a little bit of a a flash of, you know, not losing games 20 to six and 20 to three and all of that. They have been scoring some points. They are playing the Jets who are also two and two in the last four games, also averaging over 20 points per game in their two wins in the last four. They scored 30 points against Washington and Houston Zach Wilson is out again. I mean, he's no longer the quarterback. He's probably going to no longer be a Jet. Trevor Simeon uh, will be the starting quarterback. Now, Trevor has been playing for three weeks. He was awful in his first game against Miami, but in his last two games, he's been fine. He played against Cleveland and Washington. He has almost 500 yards passing in those two games, two touchdowns, two interceptions. The Jets still have Brees Hall, who's playing well. They still have Garrett Wilson. And here's a little bit of motivation for the Jets. They have lost 15 games in a row to Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. If nothing else, they want to win this game to stop that streak. So is this going to be a fun game to watch? Probably not. Do these two teams want to get to the offseason? Yes, they do. But can they muster enough offense to score more than 30 and a half points? I think they are. I think they will. My bet is 440 to win 400 there. That is a very interesting bet, and I don't know what the weather is going to be like, but I assume that the weather in January in the New England area is going to be pretty damn poor. Having said that, I believe that football has a lot of karma to it, and since you have been over on the overs for all the not over on the overs <laughs> on the overs. You've been over on the overs. Oh, that may be true. <laughs> now is the time where you were rewarded with this bet where most people would probably take the under because these are two great defenses and two teams that don't necessarily score a lot. I'm predicting this one comes in for you. I hope so. And I would say one great defense. The Jets have a great defense. Patriots defense is good. 
but but not quite as good. Again, it's just the number that kept jumping out at me. It is so low. We've talked about some low over-unders this year, and this one really takes the cake because I don't think anything has been that low. I, I, I actually texted our man on the ground, John Zagdus, who lives in the Boston area, and asked him what he thought about the game, not knowing what you're doing, but from my regular picks pool. And he thinks that uh, he thinks New England's going to show up. And, mm-hmm. and, and for a side perspective, he's looking at New England and also saying, what if this is Belichick's last game for New England? Yeah. Right. Have you seen any more about uh, about that, about the story saying that he might not coach again next year? I don't think I saw anything this week, but it's certainly been swirling about throughout the season. You know, he feels a little out of touch. And, you know, there's been a whole history of him not being able to draft wide receivers and was he protected by Tom Brady and all that sort of stuff. I don't want to take anything away from the guy, but is he getting to the, you know, past his sell date as a coach? It's a very real question. All right. Well, good bet for you. I'm going to do a third bet here. And this one is I'm taking the Bills minus two and a half against the Miami Dolphins for the Last game of the season, the evening game, the one that's really for all the marbles. Mm. Um, it's minus two and a half at a minus one fifteen, so I'm going two thirty to win two hundred. And again, this could go either way. I'm I would not be surprised, especially after Miami had a big letdown last week against Baltimore. But I feel like this is a spot where Buffalo needs to win and they're going to see what unfolds and who wins where and whether or not this win is really determinative and I have a feeling the way the cards are going to play they might need to actually win this game so I think they're going to be coming in with you know uh, knowing that we have to win and and they're going to do it so this is a week where I'm actually siding with these teams that that have the pressure to win and I'm saying they're going to win and that's what I'm doing here with the Bills at minus two and a half. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami won. And maybe if like Baltimore beats Pittsburgh and, and there might be another couple other scenarios where the Bills might get in anyway. But uh, I'm going to basically say I think Buffalo needs this and this is going to be a game where they're coming in hot. Interesting. So those are your first three bets. You've said that you're going to do four. Um, so... Let me tell you what my third bet is, and that would be the Buffalo Bills minus two and a half, 230 to win 200 over Miami. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So a couple things I want to uh, add on to what you said, because I agree with you. So I don't normally take uh, road favorites. I prefer home favorites, um, just because I think home favorites are a little bit more predictable. But there's a couple things going on in this game. You talked about Buffalo needing to win it. It's an interesting scenario because the winner of this game will win the AFC East, but Miami is already locked into the playoffs at 11 and 5. Buffalo at 10 and 6 is not. So I think that there's going to be a little bit of a thing in the back of the heads of the Miami Dolphins saying, we can lose this game and we're still in the playoffs. I'm sure they'll want to win it, uh, but Buffalo has that a little bit of added extra incentive. Buffalo, four weeks ago, were six and six, and everybody was leaving them for dead. They have got off the mat and they have won their last four games, you know, including wins against the Chiefs and the and the Cowboys. And they are playing with a lot of momentum right now. Now, Josh Allen has been typical Josh Allen. I actually went back and looked. Josh Allen has thrown at least one interception in the last 12 games. 
he is definitely a wild card, uh, but he's also nine and two against Miami. And he also has over 400 yards rushing uh, and 15 rushing yard, 15 rushing touchdowns this year. So he does provide an added dimension, even though he is a turnover machine. But one thing that has not been talked about yet is that unfortunately for Miami, they are hitting the injury bug coming into the end of the season. I don't know if you saw last week, but they lost Bradley Chubb, their defensive line for the year with a torn ACL. In that game, they already had Jalen Waddell out. In that game, Tua hurt his shoulder, although he's going to play. Ty- Tyreek Hill re-injured his, <laughs> his ankle, although that might have been running out of his burning house that happened uh, last week, but uh, he's not at full strength. So Mostert didn't play last week. This is a game of timing where Buffalo is going into Miami. They have everything on the line. They must win. They're playing a an injured Miami team who does not have to win to make the playoffs. Uh, they're not going to be at full strength. Uh, I'm with you. I think Bo- I think Buffalo covers that two and a half points, and I think that they you know ride the momentum that they've had for the last month into that victory. So that is my final bet: uh, two thirty to win two hundred on Buffalo. Yeah, I considered the over in that one as well. I know it's moved. It used to be at 50, but I think it went down the 48 and a half. And I think over, I think, I think seven touchdowns is is certainly legit for these two teams. But at the end of the day, like yourself, I, I agree. There's the, we know Miami's in and Buffalo probably needs this and they're just hot. And that's what I'm thinking. But that didn't stop me from making a fourth bet at $110 to win 100. And that's taking one of your favorite teams. I'm taking the Jacksonville Jaguars minus four against Tennessee. Again, I just uh, I want to see these teams that must win win. And, and this is the year I'm thinking it happens now. It didn't happen like last week with Atlanta. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to happen with Green Bay. I think the Green Bay-Chicago game is very interesting. Uh, and I think that Chicago could play spoiler. Mm-hmm. I also think that the uh, you know Pittsburgh Baltimore game where Baltimore is resting at starters, you know Baltimore's the king of teams that win when you don't need to win. They're the ones with a twenty two and zero preseason uh, streak. You know <laughs> yeah. they, they very well could come out and beat beat a team like Pittsburgh that has to win. But in this case, I think the Jags have to win. I think they're going to get Lawrence back. Uh, they looked good last week against um, uh, the Carolina Panthers, and I think the Titans just don't have a lot to play for here either. So I think the Jags need this. So I'm going. I'm throwing a little spreading out, a little love on these four teams that, depending on how they do, will determine whether they get into the playoffs. Yeah, I've been on Jacksonville a lot this year, and um, I did look at this bet as well, especially with C.J. Beathard playing as well as he did, although it was with Carolina. I think it's a question mark of whether uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to play. They say his shoulder's iffy. And if you like C.J. Beathard and aren't worried about him, okay. It just makes me nervous when I'm not really sure who's going to be the starting quarterback uh, in terms of handicapping a team. Uh, But the whole incentive of we have to win, that's definitely there for Jacksonville. You know, you just hope that they're a younger team and they don't get tight in a game where they need to win. Uh, But I totally see the bet. And, uh, you know, they're, they're a better team. They should beat Tennessee, who has not been playing great lately. Yeah, and Will Levis is not quarterbacking. I did see that come through. So it's going to be Tannehill. And uh, so, yeah, I think there's a slight advantage there. Yeah. Um, that spread has actually moved up a little bit. I saw it earlier for three and a half. So 
We'll see. Well, look at you and me. We're on uh, two of the same bats. Great minds think alike, except you have the great mind and, and I don't. But uh, I, I don't know what uh, what was in the ether, but uh, I, I, I caught on the tailwind of a couple of your bets. I kind of feel like uh, some of the bets that I made are typical of your bets, you know, by, by going with the Jags. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. And, so, well, two things can happen. Either we could both be right and we'll seem like geniuses or, uh, you know, we'll both end up uh, wearing some silver sombreros. Well, like, like I said earlier, I'm happy if we both win these bets. I just want to return to the winner's column. I'd like to return to some respectability on the way out. That's my hope going into week 18 all right well the bets are out there like to see what our followers think of these bets like to hear from our followers i know donnie wheels is searching for our podcast he's wanting to know why it hasn't dropped already so we're uh we're we're, we're late because i've been sick as a dog well there you go and hope you're feeling better that is going to do it not only for this episode of the wanna bet podcast but this season of regular season of the wanna bet podcast so it has been a fantastic year been a great time as always getting into it and talking football and doing all that fun stuff again i congratulate the worthy winner miles v uh and miles what do you say we get on out of here i love your body larry and uh i'm not ready to call it done i'm still trying to maybe twist arms we'll see we're we're likely done how about that can we go with likely done at the moment we're likely done we'll we'll see what happens that's gonna do it for the one of that podcast have a great weekend everybody peace out Enjoy your football. thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Ravelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Electricast. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric Acid.